Hello and welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Lindsay and Krista. So glad you're here. Thank you for just being you. Thanks for being <laughs> thanks for being you. Unless <laughs> unless you don't want to be you anymore yeah, unless, and you're working on something else. Yeah, unless we support that too. You're mean. <laughs> unless you're a mean person. We don't want you to be you. Oh man. Excited to have you guys back. Hope all's well. Yeah. We're just truly. slipping into May and this is a super special episode about my wedding inspired by some of the conversations we've been having in the membership, some of the conversations I've been having in my personal life and really just wanting to answer a lot of the questions you guys had that I asked for and sourced on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I feel like, yeah, I feel, I feel lucky that one, you're willing to share, but also just that we get to kind of have these like reflective moments about Mm -hmm. major transitions. I know. know? It's like, wow. I realize how (laughs) it's weird, like about me getting attention related to the wedding. A lot of people on the wedding, they're like, oh, I don't like having attention. I like, I don't mind attention. Yeah. But I, I have had a hard time with this. With sharing it? Sharing it or just like having all the, like, I guess I don't, it's weird. Like it's a weird type of Mm -hmm. attention. Yeah. It's been weird. Like even at, so I had my wedding shower in Cincinnati. Guys, I'm from Ohio. It was actually beautiful. I was sharing and there were so many people from Ohio Mm. that were messaging me that were fans. And I even met this adorable girl at Shred 415. She was at the front desk. I love Shred 415. It's the best. She was working at the front (laughs) desk and she's like, oh, we need to get a picture. And I took down my mask and she was like, she's like, oh my God. (laughs) You are Yes. Even more beautiful in person. Yes, literally. <laughs> She's like, oh my God. Um, and so it was really nice. And it was actually, it just always confirms how much change happens. But so I had my wedding shower in Ohio this weekend. And oh my God, it was just, oh my gosh. It was like, I was a prop. Like I, it was 0% mm. about me. It was so fast. It was fascinatingly 0% about mm-hmm. me. It was so deeply interesting how little it was about me. It was my mom and her friends. So she mostly had her friends. It was really for her. And I didn't invite any of my friends really, except for um, Caitlin, who's like family. So it was like, I don't know. There was no talk about me. There was no talk about what we were doing. It was so interesting. It's funny to think about how like a personal life event like this could be not used, but 100%. like kind of leveraged by other people to position themselves or assert 100%. themselves in different ways. So like if you're having a baby, there might be yes. some like posturing done by the grandparents to, you know, like it's just, it's really must be so. And what do you do in those moments? Like how did you find yourself reacting or not reacting or observing? Just being classic me. Anytime there was one question with me about the wedding, someone was like, oh, when are you guys leaving? I was like, oh, Wednesday. Uh, So what's going on with your blah, blah, blah. Just completely deflected anything that was about me. But it was just, I mean, now that I'm so happy with my life and who I am, it's everything's comical to me. But I did have a moment where I had shared on Instagram a picture of my mom at the head of the table wearing white, like in her full glory top dollar in her full glory. And afterwards, I was like feeling guilty. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I feel guilty about this. I feel bad that I was making fun of her publicly. And I was like, okay, but whatever. It's it's just relatable. It's not super mean. And then the next morning she texted and was like, hey, sorry, I can't, go, I can't do brunch. I was like, oh my God, I almost puked. I was like, mm. oh my God, no, she knows. Somehow she found out, blah, blah, blah. But really, she just wanted to go biking. So she canceled our brunch <laughs> to go biking by her, to go biking with her friends. So it had nothing to do with me. And I was like, oh, I'm this, I'm for sure. I've been used. I've been used. I was like, there's no actual wanting to hang out beyond the posturing of the experience of being the person. But then I was like, you know what? People can only love you in the capacity that they can. I know. People's capacity to love is very malleable, but people have this capacity. And I was like, oh, it's it's reached the capacity that that it could be. Mm. And you know what? I have to be really grateful. Like whether I, have, I perceive to be used or not, you know, that's my perception. I could have not had that feeling. But um, 
And it was, you know, great to have people celebrate me, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever. I also feel like, you know, it's like a delicate balance between when do we let like kind of the inner child who is really wanting more of what we're not getting in that moment, just actually have their moment to be like, this is what I fucking need for me right now. But then also the adult where it's like, okay, this is what it is. And they, Mm -hmm. they operate with what they know and Mm -hmm. how, you know, how far they've evolved up until this point. And I really struggle with that because there's a part of me that just wants to be a fucking child and kind of have a little bit of a tantrum moment Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is what I really need for me right now. And this is like my experience in this moment. And then also just fucking letting it go. Mm -hmm. I'm like, when do I, I don't know. Well, I just understand that a lot of people, what I need, they don't have the capacity for, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I don't, there's very few people that can fulfill what I need. Yeah. You know, truthfully, like in the depths of the support or the seeing or the understanding or the whatever, there's very few people that can fully support that. So it's like, why look in the same spot for something you've been trying to get? That's almost the inner child that's continuing to want it. Totally. You know, that's, that's, will this change? Will this be different? And it's almost like the mothering is, no, it will not. Mm -hmm. And not saying that in a tragic way, but saying that in a like, realistic way. Yeah, realistic way. You have to do it for yourself. But yeah, it was just fascinating. And I was like, try, I was like, how could I make this? I was like, should I ask questions of what advice would people have for, you know, someone getting married? Do you like, guys have any questions for me? Yeah, honestly, literally. <laughs> I was like, but I, I didn't want to ask them about that because I was just looking around the table like, okay, like who's still, Ooh. who's still kicking it here? I think, and it's also kind of beautiful because it, it's such a stark contrast to, you know, even like a dinner we would have with our friends here in LA where we're like, hey, let's go around the table and say, you know, what we love most about Krista. And like, you know, how it's just such a different experience. And so it really, yeah, it just reminds me too, like whether I go home or whatnot, it's like, oh, wow. Like what, what I have in my day to day is actually really, really, it's really unreal. Beautiful. Yeah, and even it's so small, but there's so many subtle things I picked up over the years that make people feel really special in mm-hmm. moments. It's like giving a toast, saying kind words, like doing mm-hmm. the games that we play where we always say something uplifting and positive about the person. We always give them well wishes. Mm-hmm. You always, you we just bring intention to every moment. That's because we've learned over the years how beautiful it feels to have intention brought. Yeah two experiences and moments. So I was just like, oh man, they haven't ever had an intentional experience or like really kind words said about them or like what feels to be like just the love that can be created when people are together mindfully mm-hmm. and truthfully and consciously. Yeah, You know, it's not been felt before. So I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, this is like a unconscious yeah. thing. Yeah, totally. You know, I was also thinking too, like last thing is like, I've been around a few people lately where this is like, I'll probably give it away, but they become very unconscious when they're driving. And you know mm. how we fucking sleep when we're driving? We're not literally sleeping. Dude, I, I feel like you, you've been like that before. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where I'm like, she's not in her body right now and no. I should buckle up. <laughs> no, okay, but that's another thing. No, that's another thing. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm sleeping in a way that's that's, Conscious. Different. No, it's it's definitely unconscious. But when I'm driving you guys, it's a whole nother game. But it's really, it's it's unconscious, but in my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaving the building way in my head. Totally. These people that I've been around are unconscious in the way where they're like playing the tape when they're driving because driving is such a sleep experience. Mm. Where I don't know if people can realize it, but when you're in the car with people and they just say the tape shit where it's like, oh yeah, this is this, this is that. This is the thing I saw on the news. This is the thing of that. I was like, oh, I wonder what that, this car is creating that container for where we normally are used to being unconscious sort of while driving. You know, you get home and you're like, what the fuck happened? Mm -hmm. How did that? Because we're used to doing the same thing. So our brain kind of shifts into a different state. And I was thinking about that. I was like, oh my God, I'm having another unconscious conversation here in the car. I wonder if the car creates that unconscious opportunity. Yes. There's so much, well, yeah, for the driver, there's like so much going on. But yes, I know- I'd rather than just not talk. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, about we, to kill everyone, but I'm not talking. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. I'm like, I don't need to talk if we're gonna Dude, that was, just talk about like- That was it. The weird, surfacey, weird things exactly. that don't actually- Not that they don't matter, but it's like, yeah. Talking without real intention is- It's torture. Yeah. 
Sean fucking hates, he hates that. And I do it sometimes where I'm like, how, you know, just kind of like Justin does that too. How's your He's day? Like, why whatever? do you keep asking me what I, I know, have for I'm lunch? Like, Whoa. I'm Justin like, said that too. He's <laughs> like, why do you keep asking me what I had for lunch? I'm like, what I'm do like, you, fill in what the space, do you got, baby. man? Literally, I'm like, what do you got? Like, but then I'm like, oh, how do you feel about the move? He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, he'll be like, make fun of me for being deep. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> if it's not about like what specific things. Uh, I know. Also, I think they're so afraid of being husbands that mm-hmm. live in an environment where their wife's like, how was work? I know. Oh my God. It's a, it's Sean's worst nightmare I to think- be asked stupid questions every single day. The same thing. I'm, and I'm like, listen, man. Some days I'm going to ask you how your day was. 100%. Because I Some want days. you to ask me how my freaking day was. 100%. <laughs> it's like, how was your day? It's like, well. <laughs> but I, it, it's actually challenged me to, and you're really good at asking questions, but I don't feel like I'm always, unless I'm in an interview, really great at like asking thoughtful questions all the time. It's hard to start off with, yeah. It's a lot. So he's he's actually challenges me to kind you of like- You have to like, temperature check though. Yeah, just be a little bit more intentional. My mm-hmm. questions, you know, mm-hmm. or just don't ask him at all. I know, honestly. Wow. Just communicate telepathically. Mm-hmm. Like the babies. Like the babies. Like Are my they, baby kitties. They're excited for your That's wedding. one thing for the wedding. If you guys listened to the episode before we, we had the pet psychic, we're going to put a photo of them in a frame. Love it. They said they want to be, they're too scared to be at the wedding, but they want to be in a frame. Perfect. I love them. Perfect. I love them They're so much. So, so sweet. Animals are the best. The biggest life hack. Yeah. So um, true. So in, just before we get into this episode, which is basically me talking a little bit about how I've been feeling before the wedding and then a and I answered a lot of your guys' questions. Um, just want to make sure you guys know about the courses and programs we have at almost30.com. So we did a beautiful series during um, the height of the pandemic called the New Paradigm Digital Series, where we brought some of our favorite healers, teachers, authors, speakers to do these workshops with us. Mm-hmm. And now we have these workshops for sale on our website and you can find those, our inner peace program, um, just really great things at almost30.com. And then we also have our podcast Pro. So Podcast Pro helps people to launch, grow, and monetize. It's a digital course. And we have an ebook on there. We have a bunch of new things in the Podcast Pro program. Julia from our team has really been pouring in a lot of effort and time to really making it the most robust one-stop shop for podcasters. Yeah. I think there's something truly for anyone in any part of their journey. We also have one-on-one coaching available. So um, we just started offering this actually. It's been something that um, a lot of you out there who have or want to start a podcast have been asking for. I think the one-on-one coaching is, it's really special because not only is it incredibly valuable and useful and kind of takes you to that next level that you've been trying to get to, but it also, I've been thinking about like energetically what it says to, you know, the universe, whatever you believe in. When you make a decision, an investment like that, you know, when we invested in our coach, yes, I was like, wow, like this is actually next level, almost 30, next level, Lindsay, next level, Krista, just arriving at the table. And so what I found with one-on-one coaching personally is just this newfound confidence and so, um, yeah, the one-on-one coaching for Podcast Pro is something we're super passionate about. You will get a very, very specific and uh, special strategy for your personal goals within your podcasting journey. We'll do a full podcast audit just to make sure, you know, everything is optimized. And yeah, it's just, and also just mindset, you know, the mindset is a huge part of what we do. And it's been really, really, really fun to talk to podcasters and just, yeah, turn on the light. Mm -hmm. Like in some of the areas where they're like, "Ah, I can't really get this or I have a big block here. And it just helps to, you know, obviously talk to people who have been through it, Mm -hmm. you know, five years of building this on our own. So um, we're really, really excited about that. So you can go to almost30.com and you can find more about the one-on-one coaching. Yeah, just make sure you're signed up for the email list for Podcast Pro or the Almost 30 email list. And we announce the coaching sessions on the first of the month there. They Mm -hmm. usually get snagged up in the first day. So just make sure that you're subscribed to that list and you guys can get the next coaching coaching spots. Yes. Um, Okay, this episode, I'm really excited. 
you guys enjoy. So you have a bunch of questions that you're going to be mm-hmm. answering from the community. Thank you guys for submitting those. And as always, you know, DM us on Instagram. Krista is at it's Krista. I'm at Lindsay Simsick. And then follow us on Instagram for the podcast at almost 30 podcast. You guys inspire so much of what we do. So send us your questions and comments. We really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to Almost 30. And if you're called to write a review, that would mean the world to us. And we will see you on the other side. We'll see you soon. Hello, guys, and welcome to the wedding episode. The wedding episode, I mean, we never thought we'd make it, to be honest. It has been, we've had the pod for five years and we never thought we'd make it. So here we are in this episode. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about how I've been feeling since the engagement up until the wedding and the things that have sort of come up for me in this process because it's actually been so much more uh, introspective, transformational, powerful, scary, confusing, beautiful than I ever thought. And I didn't realize all of the energetics of marriage that exist. And I didn't realize how powerful of a portal this has felt between my engagement to my marriage. And I'm not saying that in like a way of being corny. I'm saying that in a way of like, whoa, this has brought a lot up for myself, for Justin, for our relationship. And it's felt like such a powerful place of transformation and really hopefully setting us up for a foundation for a beautiful marriage. So the intention here is to make people feel less alone. If you are someone that's getting married, wants to be married in your process and really having like hesitations about the structure of marriage as a whole or like the practice of marriage as a whole or like the legal uh, process to be married as a whole. I totally understand that. I'm someone that definitely works with that. And also if you're someone that wants to do things a little bit different, wants to do something your way, wants to make sure it feels like you and really wants to create new new traditions, new structures, uh, new ways of being in sacred relationship, then I'm hopeful that this is also for you. And then lastly, I'm going to be answering some of the beautiful questions that you guys sent me on Instagram. So my Instagram is it's Krista, I-T-S Krista. And you guys sent in beautiful, beautiful questions that I will answer a few of just so I can support you guys and answer anything that you want to know. And as I dig in to this, let me say I'm a little nervous because this is still super hot for me and super tender. Um... And it's something that I want to be really mindful of. I've said this many times before, but when there's other people involved, you have to be really mindful. So I was really privy to the way that I was approaching marriages and weddings. I was really sort of faced my mirror recently when I was having a conversation with a friend and I was talking about the wedding. I wasn't talking about the wedding, but I was talking about marriage and I was just talking about these stories that I was telling myself. I was like, and you guys are going to laugh. Like you're, you're going to laugh or you're going to hate me. But this is something that I really thought. I was like, marriage is very corny. <laughs> I was like, marriage is like corny. Like it's just lame. I don't, I didn't say it's lame, but I, but sort of like the feeling was that it's kind of like, there's this beautiful freedom and liberation to being single or being in a relationship. But once you're married, it feels constricting. It feels constrained. It feels like structured. It feels boring. It feels uh, predictable. It feels all of these things. And I had so many stories and I realized in the way that I was talking, I was like, oh, that's so interesting because that's my younger self. You know, that is like my growing up, my high school self, my middle school self, this younger girl that had experienced, you know, in marriage or saw in marriage, that marriage was boring and marriage was predictable and marriage was a relationship where you um, turn away rather than turn in. And um, it wasn't a sacred foundation for transformation and growth and something that could be really, really powerful. And so I found myself really repeating all of these things that really weren't what I believe today. You know, Sometimes when we catch ourselves in stories, we're repeating things that aren't really ourselves. They're our younger selves or they are our previous selves. And we have to be really mindful whenever we're speaking. We're like, who's coming to the table? Is this something I feel today? Would Krista Williams of this year say marriage is corny? 
<laughs> like, no, I wouldn't. I would definitely not say marriage is corny. So I realized when I was speaking, I was like, oh, that's my younger self or that's my, you know, my high school self that that really feels scared to be stepping into this relationship and scared to be identifying myself, not just as me, but also as someone that has a partner that is equal to me and that I really lean on to make decisions with and that I really respect enough to bring deeply into the fold of my life. And, you know, I realized that the person I am today, the Crystal Williams of today, because I've established myself irrevocably on my divine path, then I cannot make a mistake. And because we decided to get married so late, you know, again, we've been together for around nine years. That was by choice. I was never rushed to to get married. Obviously, I mean, I'm having a meltdown. (laughs) But because I've established myself so much consciously as the person that I am, I'm so thankful that I cannot make a mistake, no matter what it will be for my highest and greatest good and his highest and greatest good. But it's also meant that I come into this relationship with such a clear sense of who I am and such a clear sense of and love of liberation and freedom, it has been so interesting to come up against like, what does marriage mean for me today? What are the ideas and practices that I saw exhibited in my life and growing up and all around me? And what are the practices that I wanna bring into my life today? I think when we're we're along our spiritual path and we're really figuring out who we are and we're sort of uh, reestablishing or reexamining all parts of our life. So we're looking at our friends and we're like, what was the friendship relationships I saw when I was little? We're like, okay, yeah, don't want to have that. No gossip, no toxicity, no negativity. Got it. Mother wound. Okay, with my mom, I want to have boundaries. I want to be individuated. I want to have respect for myself and I want her to respect my individuality just as much as I respect hers. Okay, got it. Relationship with body. It is my temple, all these things. And then we have the marriage come up and I'm like, okay, looking at this merit, the marriage energetics or the energetics of this experience, it's like what going through the same process that we do in the spiritual game, witnessing what is coming up for us and then lovingly moving us along the process. So what is coming up for me is that If I am in marriage, I will be stagnant. I will not be able to grow the way I want to grow. I will not be able to be as successful. I will not be able to um, live my life as like an individual. I will be, I will not find life to be as vivacious and interesting because I am in a paradigm that is consistent. And for someone that consistently changes my paradigms, this is an interesting thing. And for someone that is so obsessed with personal growth and development and just really squeezing the juice of life. I love that I just said that. Really squeezing the juice, squeezing that damn juice of life, squeezing the juice of life. Then it's weird to come into this beautiful union where the ideals and paradigms that I previously had understood and that I had grown up with say, oh yeah, you won't be able to grow or you won't be able to be fulfilled fully or you know, you will be bored or you might abandon one another or in the process you might abandon yourselves. And for anyone, you know, that grew up with parents that didn't have a perfectly loving relationship where they were supported, they were themselves, they were liberated, they were authentic, they were able to really see each other, hold each other, uh, they were able to be honest and all of these things that make a sacred loving relationship, then there is some reprogramming and rewiring we have to do when we're faced with the truth of the next step to divine union, which for me is marriage. You know, it doesn't have to be marriage for everyone, but for Justin and I, it is very much marriage to step into, you know, that divine sacred union, which is, you know, unconditional friendship and and so much more. And as we've navigated, you know, these sort of changes, it's been so interesting for Justin and I because we, you know, I will say that for the first, I've said this before privately, but for the first six, seven years, maybe six years, we really didn't have to work much on our relationship. You know, I, he is the most attractive person in the world to me. I mean, goddamn. And we've always been deeply connected and open and loving. And if I very much felt seen and heard and, you know, just completely in awe of him and the way that he treats me. And I I hope he feels the same. But it's been interesting in the past, you know, year or so since we've been engaged, like the things that have really come up, like 
once we've sort of moved past that deep love, that lust, that like beginning energetics of of what we had, and then we really come to the place where the opportunity for healing comes, where the comings up of feelings that maybe have been pushed down for years or the truth or the witnessing of each other's pain. And it's really in these moments, you know, where the transformation begins because every relationship has the power to transform us. Every single one, every single relationship has the power to transform us. But when we're in the sacred union with someone that we're getting married, it's like, how could I use this as the catalyst and the foundation for the growth that I seek in the world? So if I'm someone that feels like freedom is number one for me, liberation is number one for me, um, personal growth is number one for me, my path is number one for me, my soul is number one for me, how can I align what this beautiful container will be, this beautiful foundation? to what I really want in the world. How can I use this relationship as the sacred ground for my transformation? You know, there's the belief in yoga that marriage is the highest yoga. It's the Shiva Shakti union on earth, which is the counterpart of the divine union. So basically saying that because marriage is the marrying of the masculine and feminine, it is basically the experience of God on earth because God is the divine union of the masculine and feminine. So how can I use this container as my divine union as the greatest spiritual teacher that I will potentially have? How can I use this as the mirror for my growth? How can I use this as the transformational aspect for me where I'm leveraging it to make me more of who I am and it can make Justin more of who he is? And I think something for me that in the past couple of years, I've really had to remedy with is the confusion of, (laughs) I'm laughing because it's funny when I think about it, the confusion of what is spiritual and sacred with getting exactly what we want and having it be easy. And it's a really interesting thing within the spiritual community, community within spirituality, because there is the truth of what is easy is for you. And what is easy is God in your life. And what is easy is some of the most beautiful parts of our existence. But it is also truth that it will be, and part of the process is the healing and the hard times and the leaning in and the vulnerability and taking off the masks and being really honest when it's hard and being there when you you have to. And part of the actual process in marriage feels like The container is the easy part. You know, the container and the love should be the easy part, but it really is this sacred space where it's not going to be exactly what you want all the time. And it's not going to be easy all the time. The sacredness that is in the relationship is the non-resistance to whatever the experience is. So say in the relationship, what's coming up for you is you know, a deep fear of commitment of like, whoa, I'm like signing in blood here. And how could that be? How could you have non-resistance to something in the relationship to understand that like the sacredness is there, but the spiritual aspect is looking at what the experience is as something that can teach you, as something that can help you always remember. And you always have to drop resistance to what comes up in the relationship. You don't always have to be on board with some of the hard things that are going on, but the resistance to it will help move you through things that are a little bit harder. And, you know, Justin and I had an interesting experience. Like I would say six months ago, we got into an argument and I don't know what it was about, you guys. I wish I could tell you, but I really don't remember. I truly don't. And that's how insignificant our arguments are. But what happens when we argue, and I'm reading about this right now, in a, an amazing book called by Sue Johnson. She has a few few books and she works on the attachment style. So she talks a lot, a lot about attachment styles in arguments. And in our conversation, I realized what was happening with what, with which is what Sue Johnson calls that I want to relabel called the demon dialogues. <laughs> We're not going to call it the demon dialogues because demons don't need any more cred than they already get. We're going to call it the DD. 
So Justin and I, when we were arguing, we stepped into the DD, which is basically the loop that happens when you're unconsciously in really uh, intimate relationships and having those fights. And I'm sure anyone that's had an intimate relationship knows what you're talking about, where you're like, I have officially left the building. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know where what we're talking about. And I know that we're just repeating the same things over and over again, the same sort of issues and problems that we have for each other in different ways. And we're just moving along, bringing up the painful things, saying the painful thing. And just in this process where we're just incredibly unconscious. Well, what's happening there is actually, it activates a part of our brain, the very bottom of our brain, our reptilian brain, that makes us fearful that if we lose this person, if we lose safety, security, and love, we will die. So the reason why we go into these DDs is because it's actually activating that part of the brain that says, oh, if this relationship ends, I might die. I am completely unsafe. And so we go into that process because we are incredibly unconscious on that time because we're basically so scared in fight or flight. So for one, that made me feel a lot better that there's sort of a science behind what's happening when we're getting in those really unconscious fights where you're just like, what is going on? Someone give us a timeout. And made me feel a lot better about you know how we can pick apart not really going into those anymore. But the point of my story was that we got into this situation where at the end of it, we were fighting for so long. We were like, you know what? I think we're good. You know, let's just, let's just not do this. Let's just call it off. Which, you know, for old Krista, oh man, I was, that was my favorite thing. Like, dude, you want me to, oh my gosh, you guys, I would be every fight. I'd be like, yep, this is over. I'm moving out. I'm doing this, blah, blah. I would do that all the time. Just as a way to like emotionally manipulate the conversation probably. (laughs) And because I was fucking scared, but we kind of got to that point. And it was very interesting And the reason why I say this is because at that moment, I saw this weird sense of relief from both of us. And in the next five to 10 minutes, we were able to come back freely in love and in grace and with commitment and discernment to one another. And I realized what was happening was we wanted to always be responsible for choosing one another. And when we come to that place where we're like, oh, this feels super tight. This feels constrictive. This feels like someone else's ideas of what marriage should be or like how the marriage structure should be or whatever, whatever. And then when we say like, ah, you know, we're good. And then we're like, oh, we're liberated. Cause we're like, yeah, we're, we're not having anyone force us to do anything we don't want to do because we're very like that. And we were able to come back and be like, no, I actually choose this. I feel liberated now because that whole structure, the pressure, the ideas of what this should be, blah, 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 has been completely gone from us because we're like, oh, we're good. And then we could come back in this liberated state of like, oh no, we're we're choosing this. Like there's no one else but you. I love you so much. And I just had this moment where I was like, wow, that's fascinating. And it's not something I would ever suggest for folks to be like, you know what, just fucking call it. <laughs> that's my that's my relationship tip. Just call it, see what happens. And that's not my advice at all. But my point of that is just being like, for Justin and I, we need to apply to our relationship that we're going to choose it and that it will actually be the grounds for the most, the greatest transformation of our lives. You know, the most transformational part of our lives and understanding that the relationship is a reflection of us. And it doesn't mean that, you know, our relationship, if it's not feeling good for a while, doesn't mean it's any less sacred. It Because the sacredness doesn't come from just feeling good. It doesn't come from placating one another. It doesn't come from numbing. It doesn't come from feeling this false sense of peace in the relationship. And that false sense of peace is essentially when you have a lot to say, but you're not saying it. So you're not fighting, but there's things that are unsaid. That's a very false sense of peace. So it doesn't come from that. It comes from this like true sense of desire and choosing and understanding of like the power of our unity to be this opportunity for the both of us. There's this really beautiful uh, saying in in the yoga, yoga community too, where two people who unite their lives to help one another toward divine realization. So realization of the masculine and feminine as one are founding their marriage on the right basis, which is unconditional friendship. 
The woman who is motivated primarily by feeling and a man by reason, marriage is meant to balance these qualities. So a lot of the feeling is done by me. A lot of the reason is done by Justin. And it's part of that, you know, dance and balance that we work on our divine union. And it's been powerful for me to have the tools that I have, have the support that I have, have the awareness that I have to just dance with myself through this process. Like, oh, I know that, you know, you saw a lot with marriage and the ideas that you had of marriage, what I believed previously totally makes sense. My lack of faith in marriage, my lack of faith in, in deep commitment, my, my fear of being truly intimate with someone, I totally get it. It's like, oh, I totally get it. I, I totally see you in that process. And I see myself with greater awareness and greater ability to truly lean in. And, you know, my deep hope is that my marriage will be the foundation for which I am able to fully be in my feminine more than ever before. And I think for someone that is in a life, a lifestyle, a capitalistic experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, a culture defined by productivity, that it is hard as a woman to be like, oh shit, I'm going to let go a little bit. I'm going to let go of the grip. I'm going to let go of the reins. I'm going to be okay with being led. I'm going to be okay with being contained. I'm going to be okay with being um, held. And that is okay. It doesn't make me any less of a person if I'm held. It doesn't make me any less of a person if I'm contained by the masculine energy. It doesn't make me any less of a person if I'm allowing myself to be supported in whatever freaking way that looks for me. And I've also had to work with that too. It's like, there's so much that's part of the, you know, marketing machine of the world that's like, we can do it on our own. And yeah, very, very much, yes, we can. We very much, yes, we can. But also to be able to fully fall into the arms of someone and not do it alone is beautiful. And I don't want to be someone who's resisting that opportunity for me because I'm being programmed by beliefs that are not my own. You know, if there's someone else's beliefs, rock the frick on, because those are very much so beliefs that I've had for a really long time. But I don't want to make myself feel less cool because I'm deeply supported by another. I don't want to make myself feel less capable or less successful or all these things because I'm being deeply supported by someone else. And I've also had to, to take a look at that piece as well. And so the relationship stuff is a path in progress, something that I'm very much working on, you know, with Justin personally, we are more in love truly than ever. I feel I didn't know this was possible. I never thought I'd be in a deeply healthy, successful, loving relationship that you know, afforded me this, this gift of experience of life, but yeah, it's been a gift. Before I um, go into some of your guys' questions, I also want to talk about the body stuff because you guys know me always, always talking about it. So I was thinking the other day, I was talking to someone at a store and she was like, oh, you have a wedding soon. She's like, oh, you have a wedding soon. How exciting. I'm like, yep. She's like, I do too. And she's like, it got pushed back, but I'm excited because I've got my, I want to, I want more time to get my wedding body. And I was like, dude, I wish I could fucking care. There is something about me that cannot force myself to care, you guys. It's unreal. Like if I got married when I was 25, the shit I would be doing would be unreal. Like how hard I would be trying to look a certain way or freaking weigh a certain way or blah, blah, blah. I could not get myself to care. It is hilarious to me. I will walk down the aisle literally the same. (laughs) And I'm not saying that because it's cool. I'm saying that because I'm surprised as well. I actually have no idea why I feel this way. I have such a resistance to the crash diet, to the whatever. And that is so fine. Like people should look however the frick they want to look on their day. Like do you 100%? I'm in support of that. But it's been so weird. I don't, I can't care. But I do feel pre-shame for not caring. It's weird. I'm like, I don't care enough to like fucking starve or do whatever the fuck. But I cannot pre, I'm like pre-shaming myself where I'm like pre-pissed at myself for not caring. It's weird. And I was telling Justin, he was, I was like, I don't really talk to him about that kind of stuff just because it's like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> 
So I was saying, I was like, oh, I'm just kind of like already disappointed that I haven't been trying. And he's like, people are so funny. He's like, everyone's like, oh, you're going to look at your wedding pictures until you're 90, blah, blah, blah. He's like, who the fuck looks at their wedding pictures all the time? He's like, yeah, of course, we're going to look at them every once in a while. We're going to have some framed, whatever. He's like, we're not going to look at our wedding pictures that much. And I was laughing because I was like, it's so true. I'm like, you know what? We have so many pictures. I have so many pictures. Who cares? That's not my only who cares, but it was just like a funny perspective. I was like, that's so true. That's so true. Like the goal is really to love, love myself and love others and love him on that day. So the body stuff is happening. I definitely feel, feel some type of way. Some days I, I don't the others, but I just wanted to like make sure I just told you guys about that too. So if you're feeling anything, let me know. And I'm happy to talk about it with you because I know that that's quite the journey. And I think it's been, you know, nine years of telling myself every day and really working on the body acceptance to not really kill myself. But I still have, I still have my things. Okay. You guys want to do some Q&A? Let's do some Q&A. We'll do, let's do like four. Let's do four Q&A. But I really appreciate all the questions. You guys are just honestly the most thoughtful. It's so amazing. Okay. Attachment styles. Okay, this is a cool one. So attachment styles are both of you securely attached. I would say that Justin is more securely attached than me. I am. I would say I'm 40% avoidant, 60% securely attached. And that is after years of work. Justin's probably 70% securely attached. And you guys can read more about attachment styles in the books. They're really helpful. But when we fight, I am avoidant and Justin is anxious. So when we fight, I will notice that I'm like, yo, I've got to go. I need time. Don't talk to me. Let me have space. Let me process unless you want me to bite your head off. And Justin is anxious. So he's like right there with me. He's like, oh my God, I want to hold you. I want to talk to you. I want to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. So we've had to really understanding our attachment styles when we're fighting. Those are where things really show up. And by understanding those that he's anxious, I'm avoidant we're able to just more smartly work through situations. So I've told him like, hey, we're going to need a timeout. So now we call timeouts. We're like, oh, timeout. If we're getting too hot, we're like, oh, if we're about to get in the DDs, the demon dialogues, we'll do a timeout. So we do timeouts now. I'm much more able to just be like, hey, I love you so much. I just need five minutes. Honoring his attachment style, helping him feel less anxious. And he's able to help me feel more free and more able to just be in my own space in our process. So those are our attachment styles. And Sue Johnson writes a really beautiful book, a few beautiful books. She's a relationship coach about attachment styles that I really, really love. Okay. Amber says, is Justin as woke as you? LOL. <laughs> like, is it hard to find common ground at times? <sighs> this is a funny one. And I actually wanted to answer this one because Justin, literally, his favorite thing is the fact that right now, today, I agree with him more than ever on things. And we had a few years where we didn't agree on a lot of things. We didn't agree on a lot of things. We've always had so much in common, deeply morally, we agree on everything. We are aligned on big decisions, but there was some things that we weren't in agreement on and I have completely changed my mind in a lot of different areas. Whatever those areas may be, I've changed my mind on a lot of different things. Over each year, I changed my mind on a hundred different things, but there are some things that he's always known, known and felt spiritually, intuitively that I've sort of come to terms with. So I will say that I try a lot harder to be spiritual. I've always said that Justin in his natural existence and being is more spiritual than me by a long shot. He is more able to receive. He is more able to rest. He is more able to play. He is more able to be in joy. He's more able to be present. He is less focused on money, material things. He is incredibly intuitive. He's incredibly connected. And I've had to work at all of those things. You know, I'm someone that very much loves, um, loves the 3D. My Venus is in Taurus. So I love beautiful things. I love money. I love to work. I love to be productive. I love to be on the move. I love to just be go, 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 go. And I've learned so much from him about the spiritual experience of resting and the spiritual experience of receiving your life and the beautiful spiritual practice of like being, just being. 
I try so hard and sometimes I could get so lost in the doing that I'm not even just being. It's like, what is this work for if I'm not even living my life? What am I trying so hard for if I'm not even living my life? So Justin has been uh, early on a lot of things that I'm now coming to realize or I've realized before, changed my mind and I'm coming back. And he's probably been a little bit more more woke than woke than me in a lot of different areas. That's him in his natural state. And I think for a lot of women, we can look at men and be like, oh my God, they're just, they sit on the couch, they're lazy, they're simple, they're linear, they're all of these things. And there's such a beauty to that. You know, there's such a beauty to the linear mind. There's such a beauty to the spiritual experience of fucking resting and not doing anything and being really present and being happy where you are. I mean, gosh, Justin, in every apartment we've ever been in, he's like, I could I could have a family of five here. I'm like, this is a studio, sir. <laughs> I am not living here forever. And he's just always happy where he is. So I would say- in some ways, I'm more woke than him. In some ways, he's more woke than me. In the ways that I'm more woke than him, probably around um, just like my emotional capacity to understand and express emotions and communicate and feel my emotions. I think that's a very feminine thing, but I'm probably more understanding in that way. So that's the Justin Woke question. Oh, this is such a good one. Okay, guys. How has the mother wound work influenced how you want to show up as a mom? So we had an episode with Bethany Webster who wrote Healing the Mother Wound. I did a personal episode on the mother wound. And these are both really powerful transformational uh, episodes, both on the subconscious beliefs and ideas that are programmed in us from a very young age. So when you're a child, your mother is your world. So you take on all of their feelings, thoughts, beliefs, and you subconsciously program yourself to respond to that. So a lot of the mother wound work that I've had to do in the past two years has been so profound. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's the most, it's impacted my female relationships in a deep way and it's changed me. So the mother wound work has been huge in how I want to show up as, as a mom. And just so you guys know, I, I would love to have kids. I would love if I'm lucky enough to have children. I mean, that's a beautiful wish for me. There's Honestly, nothing I love more than kids. I nannied for most of my life. I nannied even in LA. I babysat. I babysat anytime I can. I honestly love being with, with kids. There's nothing that brings you into presence or pureness or joy than children. And I love that they surprise you all of the time. And yes, I would love to have kids. So the the way that the mother wound has shown up in my life is made me so much more deeply aware of how I will impact my child. And it's honestly been a little scary. It's like being conscious is like kind of overwhelming. I'm like, so if I leave them for two hours, I could cause trauma? (laughs) You know, you're like, if I shut the door when they go to bed, that could be traumatic. Like it's, you know, it's crazy. Like it just makes you so deeply aware of everything, almost in a way where I'm a little bit paranoid. So it has, and it's made me a little paranoid, but I know so much more than ever before. And I'm more prepared than ever before, financially, emotionally, physically, in my relationship. And I've had such beautiful mother expanders in my life. Oh my God, Lacey, Lacey's baby, Lacey and her baby girl. Like one of my dear friends, Kim Snyder, a dear friend, seeing her as a mother has been so profound. And there's just been so many, my best friend from home just had a baby. There's been so many beautiful mothers that, uh, my friend Gemma, there's just been so many beautiful mothers that I've been gifted with seeing them go through the experience. My friend Anne, Jen, um, so many, so many, so many. And it's been a gift for me because I'm like, oh, like as an example, Jen and Anne uh, and Gemma, my dear friends from home, I'm like, oh, you guys can still be yourself. I'm like, you guys are still yourself. You still are who you are and you still can do this. And so I've had beautiful women expanders in my life to help me with that. So it has impacted it. I'm working on it. I'm working on releasing the perfection, perfectionism around that. But overall, it has helped me in a deep way because now I know and I'm able to navigate it much smarter because the Healing the Mother Wound book was so helpful for me. Okay. Okay, love this one. Thoughts on what society tells us weddings are supposed to be like. I mean, LOL. You guys, dude, come the frick on. Yes. 
So there's a lot of ideas that society tells us that weddings are supposed to be like, and I have to be so honest. I honestly didn't think I'd be having a wedding. I, that was how so anti-everything, anti-establishment I was. And I'm still like, I'm such a rebel. Like I'm literally such a rebel. I see everything that's normal and I'm like, ah, boring. But I did see marriage and weddings. I was like, boring. Like everyone's doing it. Like literally, I'm like, everyone's doing it. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so funny. And I didn't want to do anything the same, but the way that we've done our wedding has been eh, not totally out there. I don't think it's completely out there. And it's weird how my wedding is way more typical than I thought. But we are doing, we are not doing a lot of things that I didn't align with. So I knew I always want Justin and I always wanted to do a destination. So we're going to Cabo in Mexico. It's just such a beautiful area. We love it. it made sense for us. It's at a beautiful outdoor venue. We have a reception on the beach. There's like an amazing band. You know, all of the things that are going to be similar to most weddings, like my dad's walking me down the aisle. We will do first look. We will do vows. We do have a band. It will have a similar layout and structure to a wedding. And I think that's it. But we are not doing things like the garter toss, which you guys, peace and love. Peace and love to garter tosses. But I don't get stuff like that. Like, I don't get super weird sexual stuff like that. It's like, why would I throw that to one of my best men to catch my wife's garter and like sniff it? I was like, what? So we're not doing that. I probably won't throw the bouquet just because most of my friends are married. You know, we're kind of past that point where they believe that if they catch the bouquet, that they're going to get married next let alone do they care. We won't do, oh, Milana Snow, one of our dear friends is our officiant. So it's not like a traditional officiant. It's outside. I don't know if we're going to do first dances. I don't know if I'm going to get ready with people in my room. I didn't do bridesmaids just because I literally love, I love too many people. And I deeply just love too many people. And it was kind of hard with COVID to see what was going on. Justin doesn't have groomsmen. Yeah. I think we're just, I sort of took the bones of what a marriage or a wedding was. And I just kind of, Justin and I worked together to figure out what we wanted to do for how it felt. I wanted to feel like a ceremony. I wanted to feel like a healing experience. I wanted to feel magical. I wanted to feel as, I want everyone there to feel like they got as much out of it as I did uh, in the experience. So we're definitely not doing much traditions. Like we'll probably spend the night together the night before and all of that. How to feel okay with not inviting most of your family that you won't, don't connect with. So actually this was something that I did that's a little different. I think I'm not really sure what everyone else has done, but I created the boundary uh, early on that I wasn't gonna invite anyone from my family that I didn't talk to. And so that really limited it. Our family is just my immediate family and Justin's immediate family that's coming. Uh, there's not really any cousins or aunts and uncles. Justin has a beautiful aunt and beautiful cousin on his side that are coming. But I was never going to play the game of like, oh, you're in my family, so you're coming. If I don't talk to you or I haven't talked to you in a year, you're not coming. Like we're not, we don't know each other. I'm not going to really play the game of like, this is what society says. You have to have family there, but they make you uncomfortable or you don't connect with them. I, I just was never going to play any of those games. So yeah, we actually don't have that happening. So I would just, you know, however it is that you would want to say it, so first of all, there's two things, like you saying it and then you feeling okay saying it. And I would say that on the day of, you're going to be so grateful that you are only surrounded by people that you can feel completely liberated in yourself with. And your wedding is about you. It's like, these people don't care. They're just coming for the dinner. They're coming because they didn't want to feel left out. It's like, you have to remember that if you feel this energy with this person, it's like, it probably isn't the best intention for them to come anyways. Like they probably don't have the best, most pure intentions to come anyways. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wedding tradition, y'all laugh and cringe at about that is a no-go for y'all's day. So <laughs> this is kind of a funny thing. It's not like a tradition that we cringe at, but it's one that I wanted to do. So Milana, who's again, our dear friend, she's a healer. She's going to be our officiant and she's um, the most powerful healer ever. And so I was talking to Justin. I'm like, so for our sesh, I was like, for our, you know, the wedding ceremony. So Milana will come and she'll like, We'll get everyone in. We'll create the container. We'll do a meditation. And then we'll just, he's like, wait, 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 wait. 
He's like, this is not an almost 30 event. We are not starting with a full meditation. And I'm like, no, I like want everyone to be like in Kate container. And he was like, yo, this is not an event. We're not going to fucking make my mom and dad and your mom and dad meditate for 30 minutes. And I was like, fuck. But I think the wedding tradition, garter, the bachelorettes and bachelors or the bachelor parties that are like at strip clubs. I don't know. That's not my, not my jam at all. I don't really fuck with that, but I think there's so many that we kind of just like forget. Will I be changing or keeping my name? So I am, Justin wants me to be a hall. So eventually I will be a freaking hall. How quickly after marriage would you want to start a family? I think for me, probably the next couple of years. I kind of need to get there. I don't know about you guys, but I think I just really want to feel, every mom's probably like, you're never ready, but I want to feel incredibly ready. I want to feel incredibly ready. Okay, last question. How do you plan a really intentional ceremony? So um, to support you guys, if you ever want to plan a really intentional ceremony, I have... Uh, Justin and I worked it together and we just started with how we wanted to feel on the day. Describing how in detail we wanted to feel on the day, some words like, I want to feel uh, joyful. I want to feel light. I want to feel free. We want to laugh. We want to play. We want to be playful. Like Justin and I are the most playful couple. So we wanted that to be infused in the wedding. But we also wanted it to feel ceremonial. We wanted it to feel uh, intentional. And so how can we infuse the feelings that we want to feel into the plan that we are making? And, and I think what's easy is starting from what doesn't make us feel that way. So for me, what would not make me feel that way is getting married by a priest or a pastor that I did not know and that did not give a fuck about our wedding and that had never been married themselves. But anyways, that's me. That's just me. So I know I didn't want to be married by someone that didn't know us. I know that I didn't want there to be normal parts of the ceremony that didn't feel like us. I know I wanted to make it uh, unique to us. I know Justin wanted to make it unique to us. I know we wanted to do our vows because that could help us feel all the feelings that we wanted to feel. You can also get inspiration from other people. I've had uh, friends bring um, cards for everyone there, or you can have crystals infused. You can make sacred circle. You can have music. You can have dancing. You can have very limited people. You can really honestly just like, what is your dream ceremony? And I think so many of you are on this beautiful spiritual path of your own. And you can think about what has been a beautiful ceremony that I've had for myself or my friends or people that I love or with my partner. And how could I infuse that with other people and make that an experience for everyone else to get in on, whether that's with candles or or what have you. So really feel free to make it all your own and all your relationship and something that feels deeply special and unique to you guys. And just again, like liberating you all through the process that the marriage, the wedding, the kids, the house doesn't need to look like anyone else's. You don't need to look like anyone else. It doesn't need to feel like something that creates pressure for you or something that's a burden rather than this like beautiful gift, this beautiful experience that you get to have that means something very unique to you guys. And Justin and I will be going into conversations before the ceremony, before the wedding, just to really get on the same page. Like what does a successful marriage and relationship look like for us and how we can support each other through this beautiful journey that we have. And I know you guys will all have the most beautiful wedding ceremonies, experiences, relationships, sacred unions in the world. And I'm hopeful that my thoughts, my heart, just a little bit what's on my mind uh, resonated with you. Maybe it resonated with a friend that's going through the process and just wanted to answer some of the beautiful questions that you guys have. Maybe I'll do another Q&A if you guys like this one after the wedding where I can answer a lot more because I'm always happy to do that. So thank you for always holding sacred space for me. Thank you for always listening. And thank you for being such a support in our relationship. And if anything, I'm hopeful that this episode released any projections you had about the perfection of our relationship, made it feel less perfect, made it feel more normal, and just brought our relationship to life and made it feel more normal. Okay. I love you guys so much. Get ready for a wedding picture explosion. It's coming soon in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for always being there for me. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you, Krista. Another good one. one. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you guys so much for the questions. They were so sweet. And you guys shared those all on Instagram. So I really appreciate it. I did episodes with Justin previously. So you can search Krista Justin, almost 30. <laughs> just see what happens. Um, they were a while ago, but I've done like probably two mm-hmm. to where he's been. So you guys can listen to those if you are called. And then on my Instagram, I shared our engagement photos. So if you want to follow along for the wedding, you can go to It's Krista, I-T-S Krista. Yes. And sign up for your personal newsletter too. Yes. I share stuff on my personal newsletter too on the itschrista.com. You can sign up there. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I'm sure you have someone in your life that is moving through a transition like this, getting married. And so pass this along to a friend or family member who could use it. It really means a lot to us. This is how we grow organically. And just thank you for being a loyal supporter of Almost 30. It means the world to us. And just kind of coming up, just to put a little something in your ear, we will be opening up the membership again at the end of July. So stay tuned for that. We'll be doing another Camp Almost 30. Stay tuned for that. If you want to just be in the know about everything, make sure when you go to almost30.com, you sign up for our newsletter. Yes. We love you very much. We'll see you on the next one. Love you.